Welcome to Mouthpiece. We have a very special episode today. We are joined by somebody who needs no introduction, if I'm totally honest. We're talking a two-time Olympic gold medalist. A unified middleweight champion. Yeah. The self-proclaimed, but I kind of agree. Mm-hmm. Well, there. Clarissa Shields and Coach GT. Guys, thank you for joining us. We know why you're here, so let's not pretend that we're not on a boxer podcast and that Savannah Marshall is in a boxer fighter. But we're going to be as impartial and fair. Listen, like, we're here to, to celebrate what you've done in the sport. You've done big, big things, but we know what's on the horizon. Yeah. And it is Savannah Marshall. What did you think of her performance on Saturday night? I'm happy she got in there and got it done. But I thought it was a terrible performance besides the knockout. First two rounds, we can all... You guys can disagree because you guys work for boxing, but that first two rounds, if you had to sit there and watch that whole fight for 10 rounds without the knockout, you wouldn't want to fucking sit there and watch it. That's just being No, nothing. Uh, do you know what? Can you get me my hat? Your hat, yeah? Yeah, this is staying on. Do you know what? I need to get on my boxer bag. Let me get my uh, coach hat on. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> yeah, this one, now I'm in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, um, I yeah. think that the knockout was, getting a knockout is always great, but when you really a boxer, you look at the entire performance, and that's what I looked at the entire performance. So congrats on the knockout, and we can finally, you know, me and her can finally get it on the fight, but just the performance overall, uh, that's what I look forward to, like I said, it's going to be a wipeout. So you can just, you can see, obviously, all the things that everyone else, maybe on Twitter and on YouTube, they're not seeing. They're all blinded by a by a few different reasons. A few different reasons. One, they're blinded by, by their hate for me, right? So the hate for me blinds them because she beat me in the amateurs. So they want her to beat me so bad in the pros so they can say, oh, we told you you weren't the best when I've already proved I'm the best without even fighting her. But they're all going to see. That's why I came over here to the UK to show her, like, ain't nobody scared of you. Ain't nobody's intimidated by you. Um, I came over here and fought in the UK up in Cardiff. And then I came back to watch her fight in, in in Newcastle. The crowd didn't intimidate me. They actually fired me up. I wish somebody would have gave me some gloves because I would have whooped Marshall ass right after she got done with MK. You want to go, Mace? Or I'm going to dominate. Come. When you look at... Let, let's go back to the beginning, you and Savannah Marshall. Do you remember the fight, the, the, the amateur fight in the Olympics? How do you forget your only loss? It's true. It's true. Mm. What were your recollections of it? She didn't beat me. That's my recollection. Okay. Okay. Do you know what this is feeling like to me? Yeah. This is feeling... The more and more this builds, it's becoming Mayweather Hatton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's becoming America. And we all know who Hatton UK. is. In this, in this uh, equation. <laughs> you're, you're from Michigan. So you have to be your money mate. You're the, you're, you are the, That is big bro. <laughs> yeah, that's big bro. Um, you you don't believe that you lost the fight? No, we all know that uh, amateur boxing is, full, is, is filled with a lot of corruption, especially back then. Um, Savannah Marshall noted that the fight with me wasn't easy. I was the favorite at the age of 17 to win a world championship. Uh, two months before, I had just dethroned Mary, Mary Spencer, who was a three-time world champ. Those who don't know, the world championships come every two years in amateurs. Not every year. So every two years. That means Mary Spencer ran at the world championships for six years. 
I was the first person to actually start the whole thing of beating her. So when I beat Mary Spencer, she was a she was a three time world champion. When I when when I beat her at the Continental Championships, then I went to China. It's my first time really leaving outside of the U.S. really and uh and fighting, and I was the favorite to win there. It was a point system back then. People don't know the facts. It was a point system back then. And in that point system, I never scored below 25 points in no fight. The fight with me and Savannah Marshall, somehow I only scored eight points versus her six versus her 14. So it wasn't like, oh, it was a blowout. Oh, she yeah. dropped me. Oh, she beat me up really bad. First first round, we were, uh, we were tied two points to two. I've never scored two points in the first round, my, my recollection. And you can look at all the judges and everybody, and, and and they'll and they'll let you know that. Second round, I was down three points. I trailed by three, all the way up to the fourth round. And in the fourth round, I just went for broke because I really didn't understand how I wasn't landing punches. It was a few times I had Savannah Marshall in the corner, and I was beating her down in the corner. Savannah Marshall has always been taller than me. She's a little bit shorter now, but she was taller than me back then. I probably like five seven, and I had her in the corner. Beating her up because the shorter fighter goal is to get on the inside and beat the and, and get on the inside of the taller fighter. I got her to the corner, one two on her a couple times. I'll always get eight counts on girls. I hit her with a hard punch. Her head went back. The ref jumped in. I'm thinking he about to give her an eight count. Nope. The the ju- the ref got us back to the center of the ring where of course I didn't want to be at because she was so long and so much taller. And told us to box and asked her if she was okay. So that's that's what happened throughout the fight. But London was hosting the Olympics. And in order for her to make it to the Olympics, she had to win the world championships. So therefore, it was a lot on her side. And she knows that. Interesting. When you talk about fighting in the UK, obviously when you're in Cardiff, you're getting a lot of love. There was a lot of cheers yeah. for you. Versus Newcastle when there was a lot of boos. Obviously it was a Savannah crowd, but... Yeah, it was boos. You were still getting too. cheers, yeah. Yeah. Um, how do you use the crowd to your advantage? Does it matter whether you're getting the booze, whether you're getting the cheers on fight night? Um, I'm kind of like tone deaf to that when it's when it's fight night. Like I was able to hear the booze and stuff, you know, the past weekend because I was I allowed my ears to hear. But during during like fight night, I don't really hear nothing but my coaches in my corner. I don't really hear a whole lot. I hear people celebrating after. Or maybe yeah. I kind of embrace the walkout and try to see, feel the energy. But throughout the fight, um, all I see is black on the outside, and I don't really hear much. Mm-hmm. It's one of those ones where the booze are, it's just, unfortunately, you're a Panda Man villain at the moment because yeah. you are in Newcastle, which is her stomping ground. So as much as the booze, they're not, do you see what I mean? They're not real booze. Yeah. Every fan knows what you've done. Yeah. And they know how much of a threat you are, but they have to do it just to yeah. create the atmosphere. I think it builds the fight. I think it creates mm-hmm. a bigger feeling around it. It's just if it has a mental effect on you and your approach to the fight. Nah, I don't went to plenty of countries and dethrone the uh, the champs and whoever they thought was number one. It's not going to be the first time I do it. Coach, so you are training Clarissa for Savannah. I'm along with John David Jackson. Yes, along with, the, with, with, with with John David. But do you see the the same holes, or even more so, do you see the holes in Savannah's game plan that you can exploit? And can you give us 
just one of them. Mm, nah, I can't. It's no secret. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, we ain't gonna give if you. You yeah. ain't giving nobody an inch. Yeah, nothing. Not, they come and give it away. Like, <laughs> you going not, not even a little bit, man. If I say something, it's a lie to throw everybody off. So, oh, nah. What about on the flip side? When you look at Savannah, what do you rate about her, if anything? Um, I like her. She's a great fighter. She's great for um, the sport. Um, she's huge for for the female side of the sport. Um, it's a great matchup. Um, she's a uh, she's a smart fighter. She's um, she possesses a lot of uh, skills and attributes that can um, um, they got her to this point. You yeah. know now, uh, what she do after the loss is um, up to her. But you know she can go on to be you know second best up under her. Mm-hmm. For sure. She gonna go to one sixty eight. I already know it's gonna happen. For a long and time. And she be gonna be she gonna be a sore loser. Well, not beat her. She gonna be a sore loser, and she gonna think about retiring. But they're not gonna let her. She gonna go to one sixty eight and try to become champ there. But they're never gonna mention her name alongside mine again. So when you see that fight in your head, cause I always do it. Whenever it's fight week, I don't know why, but no matter what fight it is, I can every time I go to bed, I run the fight in my head, just a simulation, simulation, simulation every time. Do you see it how most of us see it in is perhaps her looking for power shots and you boxing clever? I see a bit of both. You know, I see that one, what girl have you seen stand there toe-to-toe and fight with me inside of boxing? And I fought against way better opponents than Savannah Marshall. Once I hit those girls and they also get intimidated by my defense and how I can counter, they get on their wheels. Peter Fury, Savannah Marshall was yelling, knockout, knockout, knockout. She's on this knockout high. She's knocking a whole bunch of bums. But Peter Fury has already, now his tone is, he's, his tone is switching. Oh, Savannah Marshall can also box. Oh, Savannah Marshall got power also. He's not sticking with one game plan. So people may think that she's going to go out there and try to stand blow for blow for me and go with power, but I doubt it. And I think she's very much going to try to use her height and her length to try to keep me on the outside. And uh, when she feels comfortable or when she feels safe, she would throw a power shot. Which, um, y'all probably gonna think she's gun shy when we fight, cause she gonna miss so much. I'm gonna counter her so much that um, you guys are gonna be calling me a knockout artist after. You think you can stop her? Yeah, we we know we can stop her. That's the thing. People get so caught up on, oh, you're at 12 and 0 with two knockouts and they're so caught up on that, but they're not. When you're a real boxing fan, you know that I fought against some of the best fighters early on in my career. If I was fighting against some of those girls now, being how I've gotten better over the years, I could get those knockouts. Just like Emma Cozen, the knockout was there. It was just also me being over anxious and also me wanting to put on a boxing clinic performance like I did. Mm-hmm. I can do that with Savannah Marshall, but I'm going to hurt her. And she know I can knock her out, so she's not going to be stupid to stand there and trade with me. If she does... It'd be a great night for me. If she doesn't, it's still gonna be a great night for me with a great performance. Yes, ma'am. Do you think it's your record, as you said, uh, twelve wins, uh, two two knockouts? Do you think that that's maybe where people think you haven't got the power, but versus the boxers that do actually fight you when they do feel your power, as you said, they're straight away on the back foot, not yeah. wanting to to stand and engage with you so much. Um, yeah, do you think it is just your record that give fans that perception that maybe you're not a big puncher? It is the fans that give, uh, it's my record that gives give the fans that perception. And also, you know, Savannah Marshall talking, saying saying certain stuff, you know, with the with the whole pillow fist thing. And it's like she's saying that to build herself up, to make her record look like it's just so monstrous. But 
I mean, we talk about a one-time world champ compared to a 12-time world champion. And when you look at that, it's like, oh, she's fighting against way better opponents. And women's boxing isn't easy. You mm-hmm. can't just go in mm-hmm. there and knock out yep. former champions mm-hmm. or girls who are, you know, the Hannah Gabriels and the Christina Martin. I mean, in a, I said Martin, the Christina Hammers mm-hmm. of the game, the Franchon Cruz yeah. of the game. You can't really knock out girls like that. And just to be honest with you, um, I, I, I guess I will throw shade at the U.K. boxing. It's a lot of padded up records. And in America, we're not allowed to do that, especially not in the women's division. If you want to be respected, if you want to be great, you got to fight against the best. And that's why I fought against Hannah Gabriels when she was 18-0. and 0. And she dropped me in the first round. My first time going to 160, she dropped me. And I had to come back throughout that whole fight. And I won a unanimous decision, even after being dropped in the first round. Mm-hmm. But over here, they're... Like, I, I guess it's something with Peter Fury's camp because Huey Fury also has a padded up record. And when it was time for him to become world champ, he didn't perform. And then look at Savannah Marshall's record. She's fighting against girls that are three days' notice, one week's notice. And um, now she's taking this huge step up, as in me. And um, I think everybody's going to be disappointed about how they feel like this fight's supposed to go or how competitive it's supposed to be because it's not going to be that. It's, sometimes it's hard. Would you agree that you and her are one and two? No. So who would you say? As far as in the middleweight division? Yeah. I think Yin Meng Gualan is higher than her. Ooh. That's just being real. That's a big shout. Yeah. So you don't even think that is the hardest fight for you out there? No. I think, you know, when you talk about biggest fights, Layla Ali versus Ann Wolf, the fight that never happened. Mm-hmm. I think that me and me and Franchon Cruz is the biggest fight in the women's division. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't expecting that at all. If you go and watch my pro debut, you'll understand what I'm saying. I'm gonna go and do that. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm gonna go and do. You have a newfound respect for Franchon, and 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 that fight was my pro debut because um, I was I was zero and I went zero and eighteen looking looking for opponents my pro debut. It was a lot of girls who had thirteen and six padded up records, but the but the commission was so scared that I would knock these girls out and hurt them severely that they declined all of them. They turned out we would send them, okay, we want to fight against this girl, we want to fight against that girl. Who doesn't want to have a first knockout for the first pro fight? Mm-hmm. But instead, they turned down everybody and they accepted Franchon Cruz as my opponent. Would you say, obviously, look, women's boxing is in a far better place now than it was when you turned pro? And oh, absolutely. If there's one credit you can give to the UK, it's probably that the UK are furthest ahead in the development of women's boxing in terms of how hard we champion it. And do you know what? It, there was a picture that was taken in the ring. It was you, Caroline Dubois. It was Lauren Karras. Natasha. And I, I looked at that photo. I didn't. I, I don't, I'm not sure if I saw it being taken, but I saw it posted. I was just like, boy, like mm. this is crazy. Like women's boxing has finally arrived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like a very good time to be a part of it. Yeah. You're kind of in the driving seat here. Um, do you think that's a reason for padded records and for the lack of... There's not there's not as much depth in the women's game as there is in the men's game, obviously, because it's, it's a far younger sport. I can't agree, but there's enough women to where we can all have competitive fights. And there are certain fighters who would rather take the easy route. And the easy route is 
spitting out my name throughout their whole career with fighting bums and building up this big record to where everybody thinks they're a knockout artist instead of fighting real competition. Um, it just depends on like the like the kind of fighter you is. I've always told my promoter, you know, Demetrius Salida, give me the best fighter. Whoever you think the best is, bring her. Whoever got the world titles, who's ever number one, who's ever number two, bring them. And, and I'll beat him. I tell him, I want to fight against Christina Hammer, my seventh pro fight. But I ended up fighting against her my eighth pro fight. Once again, I was 8-0, two knockouts. She was 21-0, 11 knockouts. They were saying the same thing that they said about her, what they said about Savannah Marshall. Oh, she's, she's going to knock Clarissa Shields out. She hits too hard. She's this. She's that. I don't think Savannah Marshall can even beat up Christina Hammer. You say there that you don't think Savannah is number two in the division, so it's maybe not the biggest fight, but do you think it's the biggest rivalry in women's boxing history? It's the biggest grudge match for sure. Yeah, And it, it has, has the most be. history behind yeah. it. And um, the thing is, it, it, it wouldn't be no history if I wasn't so great. If I was mm -hmm. just lost to her um, in the amateurs and then not won any Olympic gold medals mm -hmm. and not won no world titles, nobody would care about this fight, no matter how great of a fighter she is or how great of a fighter I am. Nobody would want to see it. They want to see it because, whoa, she beat you in the amateurs. But look at how you've become. And now she got this padded record in the pros, and now they want to see it. Mm -hmm. But without me, she wouldn't be having no She wouldn't be having no fight like this. Nobody would be even recognizing her. When they when they interview her, all they, all they talk about is Clarissa Shields, Clarissa Shields, Clarissa Shields, the quote, the quote. I want to hear them say something nice about her. Besides, oh, you got punching power. I want to, like, what's your skills? Did you got good jab? It's okay. Good right hand? I'm, you know what? I'm finding it hard to argue with you, but I have to. I'm, look, I understand, but people be like, I'm cocky. I'm just a realist. I'm Would you say, from, from the outside looking in, to me, it looks like if you are a betting man and if you are Bet365, <laughs> if you are a betting man, you would go... Savannah stoppage or Clarissa points. That's what the styles say. A lot of people lose their money being like that. Yeah, that's true. Just because her for the knockout, she can't knock me out. She can't hurt me. That's one thing people gotta realize. But they will. But they'll find out soon enough. And also me on points. Never count me out for a knockout. I don't care what the record look like. She may be my first victim. Well, my third. But it's gonna make a statement. And as much as I don't like her. I'm gonna be in there swinging pretty hard. Would you say you've obviously made transitions to MMA and is that because you get bored? No, um, MMA has brought a lot to my life that boxing couldn't, and that's the endorsements. I'm endorsed by. Didn't bring them. Wait a minute. Oh, yeah, I did. These are my Bose headphones. I'm endorsed by Bose. I get paid a lot of money to be with them. These go in your ear. Noise canceling headphones. But I'm just, um, I have the ESPN Plus docuseries, which was um, filming me actually doing my boxing camps and doing MMA camps and doing both simultaneously. Um, movie deals have come about from signing with the PFL for MMA. Yeah. Um, so is it more... Just that notoriety. It's, it it yeah. gives you a bigger profile. It's obviously growing like... And, and it makes me bigger for boxing. Makes but, me bigger for boxing. 
Is there any physical, like we know that boxing is such small angles, it's so finely detailed, more so than in MMA. Yes. Is there anything that you could take from MMA physically into boxing or is it more just profile stuff? Uh, no, it's a lot you can take from MMA to boxing, a lot. As far as in the clinch work, you know, um, as far as in the distance, I understand distance a little bit better than what people uh, can in boxing because I've done MMA. The wider range in boxing you probably look at the head to the waist or maybe the chest MMA you looking at the head to the feet so actually my vision is bigger now when I even when I box inside the ring I, I don't want it to be because I'm so used to looking at the head and just yeah. the waist now my, my my eyes have sharpened to where you can be close to me but I can still see your whole body your feet and that gives me a different um, perspective of what you're doing. Okay. I never used to look at that, like, oh, what they doing with their feet? Is yeah. they is they faint? Is they going back? Or I just be right there, just fighting, doing my thing. Yeah. I I understood the distance from up top, but now I see distance from at the bottom. So when you do stuff with your feet, I can see it, even though I'm looking at your chest. And I don't want to do that, but it has given me a better understanding and a better in a in a higher IQ in boxing for sure. Could you say it's now easier coming back into boxing where there's less things to worry about? Obviously, MMA, you've got every, you know, but like in the sense yeah. of like from your previous boxing experience to now, is, is it just so much easier for you to be dealing with it all in terms of the punches and just the way you just read things? Boxing will always be easier for me to MMA. I started boxing at the age of 11. I'm 27 now, so that's 16 years in the books. But um, MMA is fun and uh, it's, it's, it's harder than boxing because of all the different stuff you got to do. It's a different kind of soreness from all the wrestling and the jujitsu. Um, even like, you know, I've been kicked in the face. I've been kicked on my arm, kicked in my shin, my legs, kneed in the yeah. stomach, kneed in the legs. Yeah. And I just think that people don't get to see that stuff. But they need to understand, like, the fact that I can still take it and still sit this, sit here and look this good, it speaks volumes. I don't, I, I don't have a messed up face for boxing. And I boxed it for 16 years, and I fought at the top against the best. And I got 12 world titles. But they talk about, yeah, but you don't look like a boxer. Yeah, because I'm the dominant one. Coach. What's up? You obviously work with Money May. Mm -hmm. I can hear similarities. Yeah, all day. Oh, <laughs> I always say that. <laughs> I can hear it. Man. I can hear it. Can you see similarities in the way that they fight and they approach a fight? Man, it's so many. It's crazy, man. It's almost I can, It's almost every box is checked out for both of them, man. They, they do the same thing, man. I think all elites um, pretty much do the same thing in, in all, all industries. Um, hard work, um, uh, sacrifice, uh, that, all the stuff you hear Floyd say. They, yeah. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really yeah. summed up to that's that's the recipe. And um, yeah, she does a lot that Floyd does, and when you see them together, it's, it's crazy too. <laughs> yeah. Floyd is. Like, what a, he's my hero in boxing, if I'm mm, honest. Nice there's still too. a canvas. My missus hates it. Nice Above too. my bed, there's a canvas of Floyd. There, There is. That is just, he was the reason. I remember after the Hatton fight, I woke up the next day. I've never wanted to be someone else in my life. <laughs> but that morning... That was a great day, man. <laughs> that, that morning, I woke up, ran for no reason. No reason. I just it hoping went I went back in my house as Floyd. How that, many miles you did? That was before I was boxing, to be oh, fair. Yes, that yes. was that might have been the thing that triggered it the most. You know, yeah, I flirted yeah. with it before, but after that, I think that was the the build up that in, encapsulated 
You know, like it just that's the one that grabbed me. That was where I fell in love with the sport. That was a huge fight, man. Huge moment in boxing, especially for like um say US versus UK. Yeah. It, it was huge, man. When they in the vibe in Vegas when they had that that night, man, it was it was the best night of boxing ever that I ever experienced in my life. And this is why I say I can feel that similarity. So for example, the same way exactly. that that motivated me to get into boxing and boxing, fair enough, I didn't go pro and all of that. But I think there will be so many people looking at this journey yep. between you and Savannah. And by the time the fight actually happens, they're already gripped. They're grabbed. They're in the sport of boxing forever. Right. I, I look at it as uh, Tyson Fury versus uh, Deontay Wilder. I think it's, it's a fight of that magnitude to where that's what they look at this as. They, they look yeah. at her as Tyson Fury and they look at me as Deontay Wilder. Well, they don't understand like the roles have switched. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Tyson Fury could box. Yeah and do all that like he can box he can bang he's a versatile fighter versus Deontay Wilder who's a power puncher a knockout guy and can box but he's very awkward but he doesn't have to have that skill set because his knockout power is just crazy so they're looking at this fight as if Savannah Marshall was a knockout puncher and I guess I'm Tyson Fury but they can't say but but they can't see it that way because of the color of our skin, for one, yeah, and then also too, just them thinking, them feeling so highly about Tyson Fury and putting me in that boat, it would it wouldn't make them comfortable. But that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's it's Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall, and I'm I'm basically Tyson Fury. Really, that's the truth about it. <laughs> and I love Deontay. I want I wanted him to beat Tyson Fury every time. I could watch that ten times. And I and I part. cheer for him every time. And to me. He won the first fight. It wasn't a draw. I thought Deontay Wilder won the first fight. Before he won the first fight? Yeah. I wow. Did. That's the first I've you get You get two knockdowns in the fight, and then the other rounds are close. Yeah, but we know how boxing scored. Scored round yes. by round. Yeah, and it was some rounds where Tyson Fury threw four punches and Deontay Wilder threw five. Yeah. It was close. It was close-ish. But when you get the knockdowns, hey, come on now. Those 10-8 rounds. They're just 10-8s, though. I don't think there's enough of them. I heard, I've heard people shout for draws. I've not heard someone shout. I, thought, I was flabbergasted I, I thought when that result Wilder, came in. I thought Deontay Wilder won the fight. The, when, it was the first fight. You were really watching it through US Goggles and I was watching it through no, UK I was, Goggles. No, I was watching it from just... I want to know at the end of the fight, like, who do I think won? So I'm, like, scoring the fight. I'm like, that's a 10-8. They, not, they call it a... Uh, is it knockdown? Yeah. 10-8. And I'm looking at some of the rounds where it's like... Tyson Fury threw a flurry and maybe a three-punch combination, but Deontay Wilder threw a one-two with a crazy overhand right that landed. It didn't it didn't hurt him. Yeah. But so when you're looking at that, it's like, who do you get around to? So it wasn't swing rounds. Yeah. So that's why I wasn't mad about the draw. Yeah. But I still felt like, dang, I thought Deontay Wilder got it by like a point or two. Talking of fights that were very close and stuff, did you see the Josh Taylor Jack Catchell fight? Yeah. Did you watch that live or did you catch up on that? What what did you make of that fight? I watched fight? it live. Uh-huh. Um, Josh Taylor got some work to do. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the decision? Yeah, he got some work to do. I thought Josh, I thought the other guy won. Mm-hmm. I thought the other guy also too stepped off the gas. A lot of fighters do that. Yep. You yep. know, like I'm super dominant when I fight. So when I'm beating a girl up, I don't just like kind of, oh, let me lay back now. Yep. It's cool. And like I try to beat him down some more and beat him down some more and just dominate. I think only thing I saw that Carol did wrong was he just, he just stopped going for it. Got long. complacent yeah. in the end. Yeah, he just started yeah, chilling yeah. like, oh, I got it. Yeah. When it's like, you never know if you got it. You against an undisputed world champ. Mm-hmm. Like, you got to go in there and dethrone him. So, 
the decision, I feel like, you know, to be the undisputed champion, like, you have to do a lot. But also, too, if I'm looking at it from just two fighters fighting each other with no belts on the line, I thought Josh, I thought Catterall should have got it. Mm-hmm. His name Jack Catterall, ain't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout out to Jack. That's the homie, too. Yeah, no, yeah, 100%. When you look at the upcoming heavyweight clash, AJ Usyk, yeah. you're a boxer, but you're a, you're a box fighter, essentially, as well. Right? I love boxing, but I'm a fighter, yes. Yeah. And then you have Usyk. You have Usyk, who is a—he's a just a pure boxer, and but he's I'm got enough—he's got enough pop to keep you off him and to get your respect all the time. Mm-hmm. You got AJ, who's a bit of a a bull, or was a bit of a bull and a bit of a bully, and he would impose himself on you. What do you see happening in the rematch? I think it's all about game plan. I think AJ had the wrong game plan for the first fight, and not that Usyk isn't great, but. I wouldn't go out there trying to outbox Katie Taylor. I mean, not with the movement that she has and the stuff like that. Like, I, I'm a great boxer myself, but the game plan has to be something that you're good at. And you can't outbox somebody that outbox everybody mm-hmm. when they fight. And I mean, also, as a smaller guy, so that means he's a little bit quicker, a little mm-hmm. bit faster, throw a little bit more combinations. So I think uh, the first fight, just Joshua trying to outbox Usyk just wasn't the best idea. I think he was having great success in the fight when he was putting the pressure on Usyk, showing Usyk who's the little man. You, you, you come from cruiserweight to heavyweight. Let me, let me show you some power. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, if he has that game plan added with a good jab and some good combinations, I think he'll be able to best Usyk. But I think from the first fight, Usyk is confidence is roaring. Yep. And um, he's going to have to do a lot to get the respect of Usyk to make him respect his power because yeah. I feel like Usyk doesn't think he has power from the first fight. So it depends on the game plan. And if Usyk keeps the same game plan and just be a, be super aggressive and never let AJ um, get that dominance in his, uh, in his power and get comfortable throwing shots, I think Usyk can get it again also. So it depends on who, got the, who, who used the right game plan. When um, let's bring it back to you. When it's all said and done, because I think your accomplishments almost you've you've done too much for how old you are. If I'm totally honest. Yeah. yeah. So when it's all said and done, and you retire from the sport of boxing, what 40. do you want them? Forty. Yeah, forty. That's a long time left. Yeah. You got that much left? What do I? I'm asking. Yeah, I probably got 45. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're going to wait. see me for a long you're gonna, time. You're going to wait for the next generation. So is that, all right, cool. That's Floyd. That's the Floyd in you again. Exactly. Because Floyd waited keep and he went through every generation as they came through. He just beat the next one, then the next one, then the next one. Are you, so you're, you're still in love with boxing the same way you always were? Absolutely. Just because, you know, they won't pay me a million dollars for a purse don't mean I'm not in love with the sport. I've, I've, I found a way around that. To where I can still make a, a lot of money in boxing. Mm-hmm. Um, I love boxing. It's going to be hard for me to retire. But I know that right now, I don't drink. I don't smoke. Never have. Um, I drink occasionally, but I don't drink a whole lot. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not like alcoholic to get drunk. But even now, like, that's to a minimal. I've, and I've never smoked. Pescatarian. And I can also be vegan. I was vegan for nine months before. And I just take very good care of my body. So I think that, um, and I don't have no kids yet. So I think that um, just throughout the years, I'm going to take my time off, have some kids, 
get my body back together, box some more, and kind of just do that. That's interesting, you know, because maybe we've seen it too many times. We've seen throughout people's careers, for example, with Khan and Brooke, they wait until it's nearing the end of their careers and then they have the big one that everyone's been waiting for and then they kind of both dance off into the sunset. You are having the biggest one next. Yeah. That's, that's what they say. I've already had some big ones. Henry Gables was big. Christina Hammer was big. Now, any any fight that I'm in is going to be big. That's why I want to fight Cecilia Baracus. I want to fight Jessica McCaskill. Any, I'm like Mike Tyson. You really didn't care who Mike Tyson was fighting. You just wanted to see the fight. Yeah. That's how it is with me. So, after you beat Savannah Marshall, yeah. if you beat Savannah Marshall, I have to do that. I got you. Uh, um, you are then looking onwards and upwards. You know what? Um, I will fight my mandatories the next year. But 2023 is a year where I'll be focused on MMA, that majority of that year. And then 2024, I'll come back. But I will have one fight in 2023 for boxing. But majority of my year will be spent in MMA because I want to see if I'm talented enough to win the PFL championships for the million dollars. Do you, is is one, 160 your your prime weight class, would you say, in boxing? Me, me. In terms of you, we've seen you go up and down all the weight classes. Well, not all the weight classes, but multiple weight classes. Where do you feel you're at your best? At what weight? I'm at my best anyway. Mm-hmm. 54, 60, 68. Mm-hmm. Do you have one that you feel most comfortable in, though? I mean, 68, 60. It's weird because I feel good in all the weight classes. I just feel very, very tiny at 154. And I can make 147. So... I say 60 and 68, I'm most comfortable. What's up at 175? 175? Yeah. Would you ever go up there? Is there, is there anyone at 175? Um, It is, what's her name? My homegirl. Dan- Daniel Wolf? No, no, no. You get, um, what's, what's her, her name? Color? The tall girl that was in, in that part of the car. Um, <sighs> um, she just. Danielle Perkins. Okay. Yeah, she, she is she up there alone? Just I say it's up becoming. Um, what's her name? And I think Hannah Gabriel's at one seventy five now too, right? Oh. Yeah, she's fighting at yeah, one seventy five. And, and, and Danielle Perkins, she's she's tall and built like Evander Holyfield, and she's a woman. It's crazy. Um, and then also uh, the drug cheat Tiger Jimenez, she's up there. When you um look at the current. I mean, look, you was around for, for summer February. You fought in Cardiff in February. We had a big, big month. And that was, you know, the beginning of this this mm-hmm. kind of massive boxer journey that we've... Because it's a young company, yeah. in, in essence. No, it's very young. It's a young company yeah. competing with some giants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're doing just fine, mm-hmm. as it happens at the moment. Doing great. Yeah, great. So, by the time July comes around, do, do, are we thinking... Late June, July for the Savannah Marshall fight? I believe so. By the time that comes around and it is a, a big fight, do you think it will be the biggest the fight could possibly be? Yeah, 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 sure. Sure, I think it's a time thing. You know, she can't she can't for too much longer fight against, um, you know, bums, tomato cans. She got to fight against somebody. And um, they don't want to give her a risk against anybody 
lesser than me, mm -hmm. like a Raquel Miller or a Christina Hammer, Hannah Gabriels. She fight those girls. She's in jeopardy of losing, which makes our fight be not worth nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So the fight with me and her has to happen now, so it can be the biggest it is right now. Mm -hmm. And um, she's at her. She's on a high. She's had knockout after knockout after knockout. She thinks she's a knockout artist. She supposed to knock me out. So we're going to see if she can do that in the summer. But we have nothing blocking us now. I don't have no more fights coming up. And I'm everybody know I wasn't going to lose no fights, no way. But now, her, she don't have to worry about her losing to anybody lower and lower up in competition and getting a bad, you know, having a bad night. So now we can fight. Yeah, I think, this is, a, I think this is a great time. What would you say, obviously, you've done two Olympic gold medals, two undisputed countless world championships. What would you say your, your proudest accomplishment to date is? Mm, probably becoming two-time Olympic champ. Mm -hmm. Or even just becoming Olympic champ, period. Because when I lost when I was 17, it was two or three months before the Olympics. So it's like to come back with the kind of savagery that I came back with, a lot, of, a lot of fighters don't possess that. You know, you lose, you down on yourself, you know, you quit. You go find something else to do, especially with all the pressure of trying to be even going to the Olympics, you know. Um, I took the loss, was down for about a week or two, but I still trained, I still worked out. And I went to school and people talked about it. I was all over the news. Not just the loss, but that I was going to the Olympics. So both, mm -hmm. it was like mm -hmm. both coincided with with each other. And um, I was able to deal with that mentally, get back in the gym, train hard, bite down, uh, learn more. I had, I had got so much, so much smarter <laughs> just within those two, three months. And then to actually fight the Olympics and to hear people who were the speakers of the Olympics say, oh, she she'd be lucky if she even get bronze to speak of me in that manner, uh, you know. And then to come out on top with gold mm -hmm. in London is just like I think that that was a proud moment. And then to be able to do it again in 2016, where I knew that it was no doubt that I was gonna lose because I had just won the world championships 2014 and won the world championships again in 2016. So I knew that I could win the Olympics again. But it was something that never had been done in American boxing, so. It was like kind of impossible. So like, so can you do the impossible? Mm -hmm. So both of those were to me um, some of my highest moments in my career. Everyone says that, right? Like world titles, you can put them up. You can different weight divisions. You can there's there's WBO, WBA, IBF. All, you got all of them. There's so many routes to a world championship. Whereas with the Olympics, you get one shot every four years. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm guessing that's where the novelty is for it. Yeah, and you know, just to be truthful, the Olympics is harder than um, than professional boxing to me. Mm -hmm. You know, just to even make it to the Olympics, you know, you have to place in the Continentals, and then that makes you place in the World Championship, mm -hmm. and then the World Championship you have to place at a certain level to get to the Olympics. You know, so it's a lot of pressure, you know, throughout that whole lead up of everything, and uh, you don't control the brackets. You don't know who you're gonna fight. You just, you know, you gotta get prepared. And whoever they put in front of you, you got to do your job. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why it feels um, more of a big deal. And I fought three times both Olympics, but I fought five times each world championships. 
besides 2012. Was 2014 yeah. fought five five times, five days back to back to back. Then same thing in 2016. <laughs> so yeah. it was like the lead up, you know, to just get one little piece of gold medal, and then you fight. You know, you spend two, three months getting ready for a professional fight, and you get these big old belt and all this stuff. But it's like the Olympics; you have to work a little bit more harder to get what you want. How do you how do you enjoy in England? Do you like it here, or do you yeah. just get here? It's a job you got to get out of it. No, no, I I actually like it here. Um, you guys respect women's boxing. You guys respect me, despite all the trash talk. Um, I'm glad that the fight is this big of a magnitude. I'm hoping we can fight at the O2 Arena, or Wembley, somewhere in London. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I'm hoping that we can get that done. And um, just would you prefer that than going to the Northeast? Why would I fight her in Newcastle? Okay. No, I'm just being... Good. No, I, I, I like, I like the honesty. Yeah, why? I mean, I've already... Suitcase is, is, the suitcase is closed up. But I am the... I have the majority of the belts at the 160 division. I was undisputed at 160. And I've already given up my given up the USA to come over here and fight in the UK. Yeah. So why would I fight her in Newcastle when we can fight? When, when, when I'm more... No, it'd be more neutral. In somewhere like London, Wembley, or the O2, be it'd be more neutral. I'm not saying be neutral. Yeah, it'd be more neutral than Newcastle was, where mm-hmm. majority of everybody in the house is cheering for Savannah Marshall, mm-hmm. and we know how, um, you know, crowds can be, you know, just cheering for her and the judges and all that stuff. Like, no, it needs to be on a little bit more neutral ground. We're already here in the UK, and um, if she needs to fight in her hometown, she's like that's gonna make her. Beat me, a little pathetic. <laughs> the O2 would be crazy. I was there for the UFC. I was at the UFC the other week, and uh, the atmosphere there was insane. A, a lot of people, like Terence Crawford, for example, when he came over, said that the the UK fans are some of the craziest in the world. What 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 do you think of the UK crowd? And in, in terms, of, obviously, you've, you've fought all around the world, but yeah, what do you make of the UK fans? They're dope. You know, I like the UK fans. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fighter. That, like I'm a like you said, I'm a boxer. You know fighter so I watch the fights I go to the fights in person the biggest fights that I've seen is at the T-Mobile arena mm-hmm. you know it some of the best fights that we mm-hmm. can even think about Manny Pacquiao versus uh, Adrian Broner um, Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury mm-hmm. like I was there for all those fights and um, it's like the UK and I've been there when it was just live. It was crazy. Yeah. Like, you, I, I wasn't even able to walk through the hotel because people were like, oh, that's the girl that box. We want pictures yeah. of her. Mm-hmm. I had to have security with me. But in the UK, it's like you guys are like times four, times five that on a good night, you know. So I really enjoy that. And it does make you guys seem a little bit crazy a little bit. <laughs> but it's crazy. As I am about boxing and I'm a boxer, I kind of appreciate, mm-hmm. um, you know, fans who are just as crazy. So mm-hmm. it's cool. Well, I've got one last question I think we should do with all the guests. So when it's all said and done and you retire from the sport of boxing, how do you want to be remembered? I want to be remembered as, um, one, a great great person, right? Um, A great champion, someone who never backed down from a challenge and took on the best opponents, whether they had knockout power or they had better skill or they were just known, whatever they were known for. I stood up to the challenge, I went to their weight class and I fought them and I beat them. Um, I want to be known for just being a trailblazer in women's boxing. Changing the game. Mm-hmm. I believe that I've made a blueprint to the million dollars for women to make a million dollars in boxing. It all started with me in the in the U.S. on Showtime. Fighting the main event. 
you know, um, and even though Katie was fighting over here, she wasn't the main event yet. She was like co-main and stuff like that. And I'm like, she's the main event. She's fighting world champions. But like I was able to do that in the U.S., um, sell out some venues, and now I'm over here fighting in the U.K. So I just want to show that people to just know that um, I help women's boxing. I uplifted other women fighters and uh, that I helped pave the way. Yeah. I think that's set in stone, all of those. Mm -hmm. I think it's already there. Um, it's been an honor yeah, having you both here. One more question. Who is your current favorite fighter who's active now? It got to be one. One. That's not, that's too much right there. Give me two then. Two. Okay. <sighs> two. Two favorite current fighters. Let me think about this. Terrence Crawford, because he'll fight against anybody. I can't I can't do two. It's Terrence Crawford, Earl Spinach, of course, Stevenson, Canelo. I can't do two. Okay. It's too hard. Coach? Favorite fighters? No, favorite fighter right now. If you current. could give me one. To one. watch. To watch. My favorite. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to just pick one, ain't it? Yeah, it's hard to pick one. It's, it's politics involved, you know. When you, I know, it's, it's, I know. So many yeah, you can involved. you can go with the safe option, or you can go with the truth. Yeah, um, safe is the truth, but um, um, it's too many for me. I can't do it. That's what I, I said. Like, I'm, I'm, you, I'm, I'm way more. I, I know. I'm way more neutral than she is, so it's it's gonna be. I said Canelo hard. though. Right. And I love Shakur Stevenson. Like he's 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 up next. Mm -hmm. Terrence Crawford fight against anybody. You were talking about 54, 60. He 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 won't smoke. You know what? Favorite fighter to watch for me is Tank right now. I was gonna say mm -hmm. Tank. To be fair. Okay. That's a good yeah. shout. I was gonna say I, that's I, a good you shout. Know what? To watch. That's a great shout. I'm looking. I'm looking for his fights. When he fight, when he fighting, what date? Some people I'm gonna forget their dates. I'm not gonna forget no, it. No, I don't forget none of them dates. Of course, Terrence's, Errol Spence's, Anthony Joshua's. Yeah, I can't it's good pick though one. because we're yeah. boxing. There's Great. so many boxers out there who don't watch boxing or care mm -hmm. that much for boxing. They just I fight. I don't understand that. That's right. weird. To yeah, me. That is, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a lot so. Of them. It's so many boxers that be like, I know boxers who don't even watch their own film. Yeah, mm -hmm. like you don't even mm -hmm. watch your own fights. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I ate. Hey, I ain't gonna say nothing. That's weird. I think that is how we end it. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us. Our first ever physical guest on the podcast. It is. Yeah, you're our first. You're yeah. our first Ooh. physical what? guest. Yeah. We're gonna have to even it out at some point and get Savannah. We'll Sorry. try. We'll try. But you are the first. I mean, she's from here. You guys should definitely get it. Get it before the loss, though. Of course. <laughs> like, comment, subscribe, do all the stuff that you know you should be doing. Uh, and stay locked in because we're going to be dropping exclusive news on this podcast every week. Mouthpiece, the home of unfiltered boxing. This episode is brought to you by Boxing Boys.